I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What a joy it is to be with you on this Wednesday evening as we shall talk about the word of the Lord. I am blessed today because I realize that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I, I would be a mess. I wouldn't be sitting here in my clothes and in my right mind. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to be triumphant. I'm blessed today and I hope that you will be uh, blessed after hearing the word that the Lord has put on my heart to share with you. And uh, I'm praying that you have had a blessed day thus far. Let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you once and for all because you've been so good. We thank you for the doors you've uh, opened and the ways you've made. We thank you for being uh, our strong tower, even in our weakest hour. And we pray, O oh God, that you will look upon us in a special way. Hold us in the hollow of your hand. Keep us from danger seen and unseen. Please, O oh God, protect us in this day of sicknesses and viruses. Keep us, O oh God, well in our bodies and let your healing virtue be made manifest in the name of Jesus. And we count it all done by faith in Jesus' name. Thank God and amen. God bless you. Let's uh, go to the Psalms and we'll read a scripture. I'm going to uh, go to the 41st number of Psalm, the 41st number of Psalm, and we will read it in uh, its entirety. It says, blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive and he shall be blessed upon the earth and thou wilt not deliver him into, unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou will make all his bed in his sickness. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me, heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. His heart gathereth iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, have lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me because my enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the God, excuse me, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. 
amen and amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. I've read in your hearing the 41st number of Psalm. I want to call your attention to, for our lesson on today, I'm going to call your attention to the book of James. Uh, you often hear me say something when I am uh, ending uh, our Bible study. You often hear me uh, speak these words, and I want to talk about them uh, because it is important that if we have a relationship with God, if we have a genuine relationship with God, that that relationship should be manifested in our actions. My brothers and sisters, there's no, uh, what good uh, is uh, having an orange if there's no orange juice in it? What good is, 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 is claiming uh, that you are saved and you don't have any works to prove or uh, to exemplify your relationship with God? And so quite naturally, we move into the word of God and we move into, uh, if you allow me to say this thing called re religiosity uh, that we are uh, a part of. And sometimes people have a problem with us when we say that we're saved and sanctified or that we uh, are a part of a church. Because in, in, in real life, uh, the people that we come in contact with, they want to know exactly how our religion affects us. Uh, if you claim that you're saved and you still are doing the same thing that you did before you claimed salvation, uh, I want you to know there is a serious problem. And so people that we come in contact with are anxious to know how does our religion work. They want to know if there is a such thing as religion, uh, a, a true religion or real religion, and how will it affect them in their lives. <clears throat> I'm glad to say that if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it will affect you for the better. It will cause you to do things that are honorable and cause you to treat people in an honorable way. It will cause you to love even those who are against you. I hope you hear what I say, because this is the effect of true religion. Religion is no good if it does not work. What good is it for you to come in church and praise the Lord and have a shouting good time and go outside of the church and act the same way. Religion is ought to cause an acute change in your life. Now, uh, let's go to the book of James, as I said. In the book of James, uh, the uh, first chapter, let's look at the first chapter of James. And uh, let's look at the 22nd verse. These are some words that you hear me say oftentimes when I'm closing my uh, lesson. And I will probably say it again on today because these are some words that every child of God must be cognizant of if you have been with Jesus. Are you hearing me? Uh-huh. And this is what the word of says, and the word says in James 1 and 22. 
but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. In other words, do what God, God's word says. Don't merely listen to it or you will fool yourself. Um, the story is told how several couples had been invited uh, to the home of some mutual friends for dinner. And after the meal, the host took his guests to the garage to show them his pride and joy, a beautiful restored antique car. Uh, um, the upholstery had been replaced with the same kind of material the car had when it was new. Uh, the owner had traveled miles to find missing handles, lights, and other parts. And um, he had taken a special interest in uh, making sure that this vehicle looked the way it did many years ago. And he was a, it, it, there was a firm that specialized in restoring antique cars. And he had it painted and uh, with the same kind of, of color and paint it had originally had. And rebuilding the engine involved the greatest expense. Hear what I'm saying? Parts had to be custom made at a machine shop because the car was so old. The car was so old that replacement parts were no longer available. And so after three years of laboring and, 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 and ex experiencing the great expense, the car had been restored like it was brand new. And for the entertainment of his guests, the host proudly cranked the engine. It started with the first turn. The motor hummed smoothly, never missing a beat. Uh, the, one of the guests said, we have known you for years. Yet, we never knew you owned this car, let alone that you had it restored. And uh, he said, why don't you use it and take it out and drive it? And the host replied, oh, I don't want I don't want uh, uh, this car to be driven. He said, I just like to hear the sound of a well-tuned engine. Well, my brothers and sisters, many people's religion is like that. They have a religion that, go, that does not go anywhere. Uh, 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 the the their theology is sound enough. Their orthodoxy is unquestionable. They have a well-tuned faith, but it does not make a difference. Uh, their religion makes no difference in the way they treat people. It makes no difference in how they act or what they say. There are many people who have uh, a form of religion. They, 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 they look good on Sundays, but they act bad on Monday. Uh, hear what I'm saying? And so James in his epistle addresses this problem. You say, Bishop, why do you say it's a problem? It's a problem if you claim you know Jesus, but don't show no sign. Uh, somebody put that on the screen and say, that's a shame. It's a shame if you claim to know Jesus, but don't show any signs. And so James addresses this problem. He, he contends 
that ours is to be a religion that works. When we come to know who Jesus is, we are supposed to act a different way. Now, let's note the characteristics of a religion that works because you got to understand uh, there are some things that we get a hold to and they look good like that car but they don't get on the they don't get on the road they don't make a difference you know there are some things that, that is it, they're not good for anything but window dressing and so uh, you can determine if a religion uh, works uh, not by analyzing it but rather by observing it we we know uh, uh, we know the tree by the fruit it bears. Uh, there are certain characteristics that easily identify uh, whether you have been with Jesus and your religion actually works. Uh, go with me uh, to the uh, second chapter. I'm sorry, the second verse of our chapter. The second verse of our chapter, James 1 and 2. It said, brethren, Count it all joy when ye fall into divers uh, 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 temptation. Uh, what are you saying to me? My brothers, be very happy when you are tested in different ways. This is a sign that your religion works. Mm. Uh, what good is religion if it only works on Sunday? What, what good is it for you? You know, I, I hate to hear people say, I'm going to lay my religion down and tell you. If you got a religion that you can lay down, you really don't have a good religion. My God. If Christianity does not make you happy, it does not make you anything at all. If being saved doesn't make you happy, then it doesn't make you anything. A religion that works has joy even in the midst of difficult situations. Uh, uh, why don't you type on the screen and say joy? Just put an exclamation mark behind it and say joy, joy. What, what, what do you mean joy? Because when you're saved, you know, people mess with you. The devil causes people to mess with you. Now, if you ain't been messed with, <laughs> that's because you ain't living the way God wants you to live. But if you're living right, you're going to be messed with. Uh-huh. Somebody can type and say, I know that's right. Yeah. Uh, the reasons I found that we should have this joy is in verses three and four. Look at verses three and four. Knowing this, hallelujah, that the trying of your faith, hallelujah, worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know, that such testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, endure until your testing is over. I ain't giving up just because you came at me with something crazy, Satan. Then the Bible says you will be mature and complete. Hallelujah. And you won't need anything. If you can just hang in there, type on the screen. You know I wrote that book. Hang in there. Type it on the screen. Hang in there and put an exclamation mark. And then look at this second 
reason. Here's a second reason that we uh, know that your religion works. This is a second characteristic. Uh, it's a, 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 a religion that works is unwavering faith. Go with me to the fifth verse, the fifth verse. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Hallelujah. Let him ask of God that giveth, that there's that ETH again, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. If any of you need wisdom, to know what you should do, you should ask God and the Bible says that he will give it to you. Why are you uh, going without answers when God has promised to give you an answer? God is not only willing to give you an answer, but God is generous. And he doesn't find fault. That means uh, that upbraideth not. That means he's generous and doesn't find fault with you asking him what to do. Let's go to the sixth verse. But let him ask in faith. But let him ask in faith. Hallelujah. Nothing wavering. Uh, for he that wavereth. That ETH again, that means he continues to waver, is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. He that wavereth, he that, when, when you ask for something, uh, don't have any doubts that God is able to give you what you ask for. If you have any doubts about receiving what God has for you, why ask him? You've heard me say it over and over again. If you don't believe I have $5, don't ask me for $5. Now, you know, don't make, a, don't, make, don't, 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 don't make a fool out of yourself. I, uh, ask me for $5 and say, I knew you didn't have it no way. Well, why are you asking me? If you don't believe, my brothers and sisters, if you don't believe that God can do a certain thing, why ask him? Wasting your time. When you ask for something, don't have any doubts because a person who has doubt is like a wave that is blown by the wind and tossed by the sea. Look at that seventh verse. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A person who has doubt, a person who is not sure uh, whether God can come through or not shouldn't expect to receive anything. Number one, it's an insult to ask God something and you don't believe in him. Oh, my God. Because he, Hebrews, Hebrew, he that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you don't believe he can do it, don't bother him. Hallelujah. And then look at the eighth verse. It tells you what type of person who, is, who will ask for something and think that the, it can't be attained. The Bible says in the eighth verse, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now watch this. A person that has doubt is 
thinking about two different things at the same time and can't make up his mind about anything. He is confused. Uh, he is confused. He, he's, 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 he's messed up. In, in verse 8, a double-minded person does not. It, now, you got to understand that a double minded person, uh, that, that does not mean that that individual is hypocritical. I want to I want to make that clear because I heard a preacher the other day say double minded person is hypocritical. No, that doesn't mean he's a hypocrite. It means he's fickle. You know, just because you fickle don't mean, <laughs> praise God, don't mean that you are a, a, a hypocrite. You are fickle, not being able to make up your mind. And, and a, a fickle person is not decisive. You know, they all over the place. They ain't a hypocrite because uh, they don't mean uh, that kind of deceit, but they are fickle minded. Uh, let me tell you, put that on the screen. Fickle, F-I-C-K-L-E dash M-I-N-D-E-D. Fickle-minded, fickle-minded. I need to know if we have any fickle-minded people who are all over the place. You know, you don't want to deal with fickle folk because you want to be able to say one thing and, and let, be able to observe that they are on a particular track. Some folk are like a soldier uh, uh, who likes the uniform, the honor, and the parades. But when he gets on the battlefield and the enemy shoots back, he is not sure about being a soldier. Listen, if you want to be a soldier, if you like the honor, if you like people saluting to you, if you like all of that stuff, be ready to take on the stuff that goes with being a soldier. If you're going to be a soldier, quit running. Praise God. He becomes double-minded. Now, uh, uh, look here, uh, the, the, another characteristic is that a religion that works operates in humility. You see, God don't need no arrogant soldiers. Nah. Now, there's a difference between being arrogant and being self-assured. I'm self-assured because I have God in me. That's not arrogance. That's, com that's confidence. I'm confident that God will see me through. Uh, let's go to the ninth verse. Watch this. It says, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof falleth and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Humble believers, oh, praise God. Humble believers shall be proud because being humble makes them important. Uh, you see, you, 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 you ain't got no big head. You realize that your success is, 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 is in God. It is completely in God. And so whether a person is rich or poor, if he has religion that works, he is characterized by humility. 
You cannot be uh, this person who is all caught up in who you are. You got to show some humility. Sanctification, hallelujah, brings to the poor person a new sense of his own value. I don't, I, I don't think you're hearing me. Sanctification brings to the poor person a new sense of his own value. Sanctification brings to the rich person a new sense of his indebtedness to God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. So the rich and the poor humble or humbly rejoice together over the grace of God that has saved them both. I don't care who you are, rich or poor, it is God's grace. Hallelujah. Somebody type on the screen and say the grace of God. It is God's grace that has saved us. It's not because of what your last name is. It's not because of where you matriculated. It's not because you down in the gutter. It's God's grace. Hallelujah. So the rich and the poor humbly rejoice together over the grace of God that has saved us. Hallelujah. Uh, fourthly, let me say, a religion that works brings about awareness. Hallelujah. There were two things of which we must be aware. One, the source of our temptation. Skip down to the 14th and 15th verses. Watch what it says. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Are you hearing me? Watch this. Everybody, hallelujah, is tempted by his own desire as they, as they lure him away and trap him. Then desire becomes pregnant and dries, uh, excuse me, and gives birth to sin. Let me, let me say that again. Your desire becomes pregnant and it gives birth to sin. That's why you got to pray, Lord, help me, keep me. Hallelujah. When sin grows up, it gives birth to death. And so we got to be very careful, my brothers and sisters, about dealing with temptation. Got to be very careful about dealing with temptation. Uh, 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 the source of our blessings, the source of our blessings is in that 16 and 17 verse. It says, do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, uh, with whom is no variableness, uh, neither shadow of turning. My brothers and sisters, don't be fooled. Every good present and every perfect gift comes from above. Hallelujah. From the Father who made the sun, moon, and star. The Father doesn't change like the shifting shadows produced by the sun and the moon. Know who you're talking about. Know who you're dealing with. Know who is blessing you. Hallelujah. 
you need to know about it. A, a, a religion that works, and I'm going to uh, saw off here. I think my time is just about up. But uh, let me talk about one more thing before I turn in. A religion that works brings uh, freedom. Somebody type on the screen, freedom. Freedom. You didn't, come on, put that on the screen. I'm going to wait because that's an important word. Freedom. 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 Uh, freedom from petty conflicts. Hallelujah. Let's go to the 19th through the 21st verse. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Hallelujah. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and, 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 and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Remember, remember, everyone should be uh, uh, quick to listen and slow to speak. The old folk used to say, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth, because he wants you to hear more than you say. Praise God. Uh, two ears and one mouth, because God wants you to hear more than you say. Come on now. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and should not get angry easily. Saints, you got you, you to gotta hold yourself together. An angry person doesn't do what God approves of. Hallelujah. So get rid of all immoral behavior and all the wicked things that you do. Humbly accept the word that God has placed in you. And this word, this word that God has placed in you is able to. To save you. Hallelujah. Somebody put on the screen and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this word can save you. Listen, <clears throat> the natural naturalist, he's called John Burroughs, states that when a hawk is attacked by crows or king birds, he does not make a counterattack, but soars higher and higher in ever widening circles until he is so far above them that his tormentors cannot reach him. Are you hearing me? Hmm. Yeah. You got, you got, if, if, if you're going to be what God wants you to be, you're going to have to learn to rise above the fray. Rise above the fray. Kind of reminds me of the story where they said that they were on a plane and they had a, a snake was, got on the plane and the snake was gnawing near the engine. And, uh, and they heard that gnawing and, and they said it was a snake. And so the pilot put the uh, engine and took the nose of the airplane and started going straight up. And they said, why are you going straight up? He just kept going straight up. They said, I think you're going too high. And as he kept going up, they start hearing that gnawing, that gnawing starts slowing down. The gnawing starts slowing down. After a while, he got so high until the gnawing stopped. And they asked him, why did he go so high? He said, because 
Snakes can't survive in the high altitude. And that's what you got to do when people start gnawing at you and, and little, little snake spirits come around trying to defeat you and take you up. Take yourself to the highest height because the snakes can't survive in high altitude. Now, one more point, and then I'm going to close for today. I think my time is up. Uh, we have here... A religion that works frees us from envy. Hallelujah. Go with me to the fourth chapter of, of James, the fourth chapter uh, in this same book. Praise God. And let's look at the first verse. Let's look at the first verse. Hallelujah. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? That's what the Bible says. Read, ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not. Because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. The Bible tells us to be careful in this. It, 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 it will speak not evil of one another. Uh, uh, he that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law <clears throat> and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Look at, the, look at what the word of the Lord said. What causes fights and quarrels among the people of God? What causes that? The Bible says, in essence, isn't it because we have selfish desires that fight to control us? Oh, my God. You want something that you don't have, so you commit murder. You try to assassinate a person's character. Oh, God. You're determined to have things, but you can't get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You don't have the things you want because you don't pray for them. When you pray for things, you don't get them because you want them for the wrong reasons, for your own pleasure. You need to, when you start having a desire for something and asking God for something, you need to know, praise God, you need to know up front how much glory is God going to get out of this. Yeah. So the Bible goes on and tells us to stop. Stop slandering each other. And those who slander and judge other believers slander and judge God's law. If you judge God's teaching, you're no longer following them. Instead, you are judging them. All right? I'm going to close now, and I'm going to pick back up on this on Friday. So my brothers and sisters, I want you uh, to take these words, and I want you to, by all means, remember uh, what I've taught on, and I want you to take them to heart and ask God to help you on your journey.
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you once again for how you blessed us and brought us to this point. God, we're asking that you will look upon us and strengthen us and grant us of your favor. Give us, O oh God, to not only be hearers of your word, but doers of your word as well. And we shall forever give your name the praise, the glory and honor shall be thine. In Jesus' name, thank God, amen. Listen, I want you to sow a seed into this fertile ground. I want you to sow a seed. I would that everybody would get a $10 seed and sow it into this ministry, sow it into this anointing. Yes, you can give. If you're going to mail it in, you can mail it in at GEI, Greater Emmanuel Institutional Church of God in Christ. That's 19190 Schaefer Highway. That's Bishop J. Drew Sheard Boulevard here in Detroit, Michigan, 48235. Or you can send it by PayPal. You can go to PayPal and search for us. That's PayPal at GEIKojic.org. Or you can go to Givelify and search for Greater Emmanuel Institutional Church. Make sure you see our logo and uh, you can give it there. Or you can always text to give at 28950. Type in GEI offer, the space and the dollar amount and press send. Or you can go to Cash App, dollar sign, GEI Kojic 1. Or you can always give securely in our GEI app. I am so blessed that you were sowing into this fertile, anointed ground. I'm going to pray over your seed. Dear Lord, I thank you for my brother and my sister sowing into this fertile ground. Please, oh God, cause this seed to not only multiply for the sake of ministry, but for the sake of my brother and sister's personal life. And we'll be so careful to give your name the praise. Glory and honor shall be thine in Jesus' name. Come on and say it. Here I go again. Believing God. Come on, say it again. Here I go again. Believing God. I believe God. And now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost, rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. And we all said, Amen. God bless you, and I love you with the love of the Lord.